Hi, I was exploited for my sexuality. For about 10 years, I diminished that and let my shame voice take over. I am going to be here with you on a whole new level where we are no longer allowing shame or guilt or fear to be present. We're here to thrive. We're here to be open. We are here to celebrate and we are here to help others as always. Welcome to the unintentional fucking porn star. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an exciting podcast for myself. And um, I want to start off by saying that if anyone is dealing with trauma or sexual trauma and there are any triggers that come up, I'm holding space for you. Please feel free to reach out to myself, um, Elizabeth, who's in this uh, podcast, which we'll talk about in a second here, and also anyone around you if you need some support, love, and care. I'm very excited because we're leaning into exploring sexuality and sensuality, and this is something that I have continuously tried to reclaim and I haven't really realized how affected I've been from my situation and how I have been living in shame voice and sort of hiding parts of my sensual, sexual self and how that has affected my life. Um, something that Elizabeth has so kindly said is that, you know, dealing with trauma is a huge process and we have to go through the process the anger, the blame, the grief, and that we can't step over that. We can't move faster than our nervous systems. We have to give ourselves space for everything to arise, to move through all of those spaces, to feel all of it. And eventually we come to a place of responsibility, but not too soon so that we can get to a place where we embody our power again with everything. So yes, if there's anything that is coming up in terms of a violation or any sort of sexual crime you have been through, or if you feel a victim of anything, you know, hold yourself in that space, express what is there and love and support all the things that you are feeling with no rush attached to it, with no judgment. And the conversation that we are jumping into in the exploration and pleasure is when you feel ready for that side. So it's a critical piece of ownership and taking your power back, but and it's a process to get there. So let's jump into this conversation and we're holding space for you. And if you're in a space of wanting to explore your sexuality and sensuality, then this is here for you. Okay, here we go with the amazing erotic Elizabeth. Hello, everybody. Um, I am very excited and nervous for this conversation today. Um, More excited than anything and also feel held already. I am with Elizabeth, um, who's an erotic coach and helps women go from being locked up and shut down to and restricted, which I definitely feel and we'll talk about into a more juicy play and unapologetic freedom within their sexuality. So Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you for coming on. So happy to be here. Thanks. Is there anything you wish to sort of share within your work before we jump into the conversation um, and how you show up so beautifully for women and and people? Um, Share, share how, I mean, I feel like we're just going to, let's just jump in and it'll all come out. I'm sure Beautiful. (laughs) whatever needs to come out will come out. Right. And we'll see. Yeah. I think too, like we'll see how you can, how you support people too yeah. and women too. So, okay, great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we were speaking just before this and, um, I was sort of sharing with Elizabeth, my story about, um, my trauma, but, um, if anyone's just listening to this podcast episode for the first time, I had a sex tape posted online without my consent, uh, many, many years ago. And, um, 
have since been speaking about it for um, uh, since 2018. And um, I'm realizing now, I was saying to Elizabeth that I'm realizing how much my body shuts down almost when it comes to sex and pleasure now. And it's confusing for me because I was exploited for my sexuality. I was exploited for my play. I was exploited and shamed for all these beautiful parts of myself. And, and the message has always been, I love sex. There is no issue with me being a, a sexual woman set on live national television and the issue should be looking at the perpetrator. So now I'm excited to be in a space with Elizabeth where we talk about sexual freedom, sexual expression and all of the things. So yes, I literally like Elizabeth, like I'm just like, I'm shaking inside because I almost, I also feel emotional and sad that I'm at this place and, and I can't even believe that I'm here saying this and admitting this out loud when I like to, I think I was like pretending I wasn't in pain. Um, yeah. And is this something you see a lot within your, your work or sort of like, is this something that feels very common? Um, can you share a little bit about like maybe what's coming up from that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, what, what popped my, into my mind is safety is the foundation for our sexual expression. And if you don't feel safe, it's going to shut down your sexual expression mm. and trauma will have you not feel safe. And there's so much, <laughs> there's so many ways we're traumatized. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can make it through life as a sexual being without some level of trauma. <clears throat> I mean, even like I have, I personally have never been the victim of any sort of like sexual assault, abuse, anything. And yet what I came to realize through my own process was that the conditioning, the messaging, the ways we're told we can be and not be the, the slut shaming, all of that is traumatic. Yeah. All of that has an impact. So just like at a very baseline level, I don't know how you can move through as a sexual being, unless you're in a really evolved household. Right. And, and there are those. Right. And I think that's great. But, it, you know, uh, it's not common. And so it's hard to come up into our femininity, into our bodies, into our sexuality and not have some amount of trauma. Mm -hmm. And then if you have other things on top of that, that's just a whole nother layer of stuff that you have to work through and shed. It's it's something that on a personal level, um, I've spoken about on my podcast too, like other violations that have happened and, and I'm still a single woman and dating is, I love dating. I think it's great. And yet I'm, I've started to also shy away and shame away from dating and having sex casually in a way, even though I, I have no shame and I love it. Um, safety first, you know, and conversations and then go for it. And, and I've been shying away because it's just been the, the experience lately has been quite, um, unsafe, or it's been feeling unsafe, whether that's coming from myself, the exterior or both. And it's just, I constantly think about women in general and being a woman. And, and this can be for any gender too, you know, I, this is very fair. And, you know, let's focus on we're here as two women and, and there's a lot of pressure trauma, as you're saying, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, and then having to deal with violations if they do or don't happen. Like, it's just, it's a lot to manage and it's a lot to sort of sift through. And, and, and right now in my body, my like 
my heart is almost like vibrating in this moment because I feel like she just wants to, she wants to feel safe. She wants to yell. She wants to have like amazing orgasms again. She wants all these things. And she's like, free me and, and hold me, you know, in, in this full expression. Like I almost picture myself like floating in the air in this full expression and like, ah, <laughs> so women really have a, a lot to navigate and, and really that navigation process, potentially, let me know your thoughts on this can really sort of become a, um, a way a, a barrier, or I'm going to say barrier, um, to the full expression, you know, trying to navigate, trying to figure things out. That's not really being in your full expression. Um, and yet, yeah, I, I, it's like, how do you navigate life and feeling safe? Um, if you don't have a safe household or you don't have a safe partner and I'm, I'm literally like sitting here being like, how do you <laughs> like, Oh, what, what do you do? And, and I actually saw one of your, your posts today. Um, I believe it was today where it, um, it was almost relating the pleasure back to self. Um, and is that something, you know, from a personal side, as well as for any women listening, like, is that a place to feel safe and, and, and to explore, to regain or gain more freedom? Like, how do you feel about sort of, I guess that conversation or that feeling? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it is for sure an inside job, all of it. Mm. That safety has to come first from you. And, you know, I, I believe that we live in a holographic reality mm -hmm. that, that our external is a, is a reflection of our internal. I feel like that we get to actually shape the reality we live in. And so when we, you know, it, it, things can happen as children that set us up to, to almost create unsafe situations in our life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, not in an intentional way, yeah. uh, but it, it happens. And, and so the work really is healing ourselves from the inside so that, you know, like you just look at boundaries women's right. levels of boundaries vary. And so it's like, where are my boundaries weak? Where am I letting in things that I really shouldn't be letting in? Where mm -hmm. am I putting myself in situations that I put, shouldn't be putting myself in? And this isn't about saying that what happened to you is your fault because it's mm -hmm. not. <clears throat> but there's a way that we can, in a weird way, set ourselves up for things that we can heal that's going to have those things not even be in our reality anymore. That's the way I think of it. So I feel like that safety has to come first internally. And, you know, it's a process. I'm doing my own healing work just on my own upbringing and the trauma I received, not sexual trauma, but just trauma I received as a little child navigating an authoritarian household with a father that was very emotionally explosive and scary. Mm -hmm. And that has, you know, that had leaves trauma in our nervous systems that are, is with us forever until we actually really do the work of healing. And it is a process. It's not like a small thing to navigate. Um, but I think that it really is uh, something that we can do for ourselves to cultivate that sense of safety and self-trust within ourselves. It's going to make a really, have a really big impact on who we choose to spend our time with, um, who we choose to give our bodies to, you know, a lot of women um, out of trauma, we'll have sex to feel love. Mm -hmm. Right. 
playing so like, for sure. Right. Or, or we'll do something to feel attention. We're filling these internal needs within ourselves with something we're trying to get it externally and it never works that way. Mm-hmm. We just can't do it that way. It'll never be whole and aligned and, and complete when we're lo- looking for it from that external source. So it really is an internal job to find that safety, to do that healing, to give to yourself the things you're trying to get from others. And then when we come to that more whole place, it's just, the, we're just going to attract different situations in our life. Yeah. And it's more like a reciprocated sort of feeling from that point where you're in your power. So a few things have come up, you know, where, um, I'm, I'm so with you on that. And there's another thing I want, I'm going to bring up in a second here. I'm, I'm very much with you on that. And I see that within myself in my own journey, whether it's sexual reclamation or, um, my voice reclamation of my voice and, and, you know, choice and all of these things. Um, and, I see that the more I, um, I'm going to be careful how I say this. It's not about shifting my perspective per se, because like what happened to me happened. Right. And, and it's more like, okay, what am I going to do with this and from this? Um, and how am I going to navigate life moving forward with this? You know, like for me, it's so important that I don't just drop that and pretend it didn't happen. I'm not going to hold on to it and let it control my life, but it's important for me to have it in my soul and in my system for my learnings and for my empowerment and for using my voice and, and for all of these beautiful things. And there's something else that was also coming up within that is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm on that path and I'm there with you on that. And I'm thinking, and I, I would love to hear what you have to think about this. I'm thinking of women or people that are in situations where, you know, like rape is normalized or they're in like cultures that happens. And, and like the opportunity to do that, you know, is it there? Is it not there? And like, I guess, hmm, hold on, give me one sec before we dig in. Um, because that's very true for so many is, is maybe the opportunity externally isn't there as much for them to feel this sort of self-reclamation. And yet within your given circumstances, like there is opportunity always to go inside. And um, it's very complex. There's so much that was coming up as, as you were saying that with like, totally, absolutely. And when you are in an environment where you have a safe home and you have people and you have choice, um, like take that choice, use that choice, regain your power, connect with self so you can connect. And I think, I think I'm bringing up these other aspects that are possibly a little bit more, um, I don't know what to call it, but like that are real. And, and I think because there's a part of me that, that feels like anger, not towards what you're saying at all. Um, just like anger in general to like, well, you know, I, I wasn't in a safe environment. I thought I was, and I wasn't. And so it's like, you're my brain as a, um, and I'm going to say this, I, I don't usually like to take on this term, but as a victim of, of this, you know, like I, I also want to acknowledge that for others as well. And also being in an environment where you think you're safe and you're not, or you can't be in a safe environment. Um, like, first of all, like hearts out to everyone. And, um, you know, thinking of people in really hard situations, like it's their hope that got them through. It's their sense of self that got them through to be able to move into a safe space in the future or hopefully. And so a lot was coming up as, as you were speaking about that. And I'm not sure if there's anything that's there for you that came up, but Ultimately, you know, 
in, in terms of our self-empowerment in our life, like the external is the external and the internal is the internal where that power lies and where your voice lies and where your freedom and sexuality lies. And so how does anything sort of come up within that? Or have you dealt with conversations like that a lot or? Yeah. I mean, we're ultimately talking about like, like victimization is an interesting thing. And there's external victimization, like that happened to you, right? It wasn't your fault. You weren't asking for that. And there's a way we perpetuate our own victimization in our minds. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. And there's a step that's critical to move out of that. And it is really coming into full ownership of what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is not an easy thing to get to. Right. But it is possible to get to, and it's necessary to get to in order to move to the other side. Totally. If we stay, so, so the, the, a victim mentality by definition is, uh, that happened to me. I didn't have a choice. It happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like someone else had the power or has the power. Mm -hmm. You have to, in order to reclaim power, it has to be more like, I, I, I fully own that situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have to take, I have to step into full ownership of what happened. So, um, for example, uh, and this doesn't happen to do sexual, sexual, uh, sexual situation, but when my partner left me, so I was married, I thought I was going to be together with my wife forever was madly in love with her. She chose to leave mm-hmm. kind of like out of the blue. And I was like, I was three months pregnant and she's telling me she's leaving. Wow. And I was like, what the F mm-hmm. blamed her? How dare you? Um, what are you doing? Just, you know, poor me. And it took me a while to get to the point where I could actually look back at the situation and and take ownership for what happened Mm -hmm. to look at the ways that I was not doing the things I needed to be doing in the relationship, the ways I wasn't appreciating her, the ways I was contributing to the situation, Mm -hmm. right? Usually there's something you can look back and take ownership for. Maybe there was a something you stepped over. You're like, you know what? I got a fucking hunch. Mm -hmm. I got a hunch and I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, Or, you know, or I've had, you know, I've had this pattern of relationships in the past and this, you know, these kind of dudes always end up screwing me in some way. And that, you know, that thought was there Mm -hmm. and I stepped over it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? It's like little things like that, where we can put ourselves more in a place of ownership of it so that and it's not like it's, and it's not even coming from a place of it, it's so, you know, the, the definition of responsibility, right? Mm. I am, I'm able to respond. Right. Technical definition. Yeah. And when we like stepping in a place of responsibility for anything and everything that happens in our lives is, is not because it's true, it's right? because it gives us power. Right, right. I we're doing it only because yeah, it gives yeah. us power. Yeah. Because if, if we're, if we're externalizing, if we're giving our power away to anyone or anything outside of us, by definition, we don't have power. Right. Yeah. It works. 
Yeah. And so, I, yeah. So not coming that, that it's your fault. Fault is totally different than responsible. Totally. Responsible is I'm at the source. Yeah. And I can own it so that, so that he doesn't have power over me anymore. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's kind yeah. of an extreme thing. Well, yeah. And I, I think that like, for me, my whole thing has been, I had to step into this. I had to face this. I had to face like not only speaking about it, but also face what happened, but also face like what I, you know, what I might've done to do that or how I might be still be perpetuating a victim mentality or choosing partners that aren't safe. And so absolutely, I see that. I absolutely see the responsibility. And, and, and I think too, like there's, there's two sides to this. There's like victim mentality. And there's also like being a straight up victim. And I think we're more talking about the victim mentality side. So I just want to say that for anyone listening as well. And and the responsibility side, like I, you know, I totally get what you're saying. And I think for myself, even like to this day, um, um, I just dropped my civil case because I just needed to take my power back. And I think the responsibility aspect is I'm not going to take responsibility for his bullshit. Like, absolutely not. You know, I'm not going to take responsibility for his negligence and like, just the shitty ass things that he did. Like I'm not going to, and yet I'm going to take responsibility for my feelings and how I move forward. And so I relate to what you're saying in in that sense of like, I'm going to take responsibility for my life now. And Mm -hmm. like, and like, this is just my process right now. Like you fucking hurt me. You fucker, fuck you. And that's also for me in my journey, it's for me to point a finger. I used to never point a finger. Right. So that's for me. And that's not everyone's journey. Not everyone is going to point a finger or say, fuck you. Not ever. Some, someone might hug them and and say like, I forgive you. And and I'm also doing that as well and loving as well. But like, you know, I think it's the responsibility in how you're going to, um, work like, like you're saying, take your power back and have your power in your life again. And, and it's not to take away, like for me, I'm like, I will never take away from the pain I've been through, from how shitty that was, from how, like, there's so many aspects of my life that have absolutely been trashed onto the ground. And do I take responsibility for some things? Yes, absolutely. But like, God damn it, I was just learning how to survive and not like take my own life or not like, you know, and so proud of myself and I'm working with it. And so I think for me, my responsibility is working with it and also pointing blame for a bit. And that might not last forever, but like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, that's my process. And it's that's totally how, part of the process. And everyone's process of responsibility or taking power back as you're speaking about is, is going to be so unique. And that's something that I like to talk about is that there's no one way you know, mm-hmm. and there are things that like, and, and impossibly even for me right now in me blaming is possibly perpetuating possibly. And yet that is so my truth right now for mm-hmm. me gaining my power back. And I know that I'm not going to like, hold on to that, those feelings or that anger, right? Because that also isn't there are mirrors, you get mirrored things back. I understand that. And, and it's so, I just think it's so important to really own where you are. And and, and, and you know what, bringing it back to like sexuality and freedom too, like very recently, I, I was just with a new partner very recently, like a few days ago. And I kind of like in a, in a new way, I was like, this is my reality. This is my truth. Um, if you don't respect it, you can leave. And I was like, I was kind of expecting him to be like, well, this is a lot. And he was like, absolutely. I am, you are safe with me. And girl had an orgasm for the first time, like a big one in like two years because I had a violation before. And so, you know, me communicating or me 
being honest and being like, this is my fucking truth. This is where I'm at or whatever it was, right. It's taking responsibility and being real too, with where you're actually at. I think that's been so important for me to learn. And then, yeah. And then literally like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, cause I actually like to be more dominant than I think. Like speaking of sex, like, I don't even know that about myself anymore because like, I just have been so like, I don't even know what's going on with sex, but I love sex. But like, ah, and like, I'm like, girl acted dominant and girl loved it. Like, you know, and so it was so great. And I even said to him, after, I bawled after, mm-hmm. after the orgasm, I started bawling and, and we don't know each other really that well yet. Like we're still talking, but I like, which I'm like, oh yay, safe environment. But like I bawled and I was like, just give me a second. I'll tell you in a sec. Like I, I just like let myself ball for five minutes. And then I was like, all right, let me tell you why. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but it felt so freeing and it felt mm-hmm. so empowering. And mm-hmm to be this, explore this dominant side of myself or to explore like my strength and my voice and my truth is where I find my, my freedom and my openness, like opening up again. And it's coming from my own empowerment, but it's like, it's just so interesting. So well, notice how you created boundaries Mm -hmm. around yourself Mm -hmm. that created safety for you. You did that, right? That's part of that. That's the work. Yes. You created that safety mm-hmm. for you. You weren't going to stand for anything other than what you wanted and were ready for and needed in that moment. You made it fucking clear. Mm-hmm. And he agreed and entered. And then you were able to access that. Right. But that came yeah. from you. Yes. And it's so interesting, Elizabeth. Like I, I speak to a lot of my friends and we're very open sexually and, and you know, speaking of boundaries, like this is something that's new for me in my self-development journey since all of this has happened. And and like, I speak to my friends, we speak to each other and that's the conversation that kind of keeps coming up as we're learning. And we don't have as much clarity, especially like if we're all learning at the same time, but really like when I hear them say something back where they're like, I had sex with this guy and I didn't even want to, you know? And it's like, because I felt like I had to, or I felt bad. And I was like, oh, oh. And and, and I've done that. Like, I'm not judging them. It's just like alarm, alarms, like boundaries, like, holy shit. But then, you know, also as a woman to feel safe to set those boundaries, that's a whole nother thing too. Right. So yeah, it's, you're absolutely right on that within the boundaries and like, it's very empowering. And I felt very powerful. And, 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 you know, as a woman, there's still some men that think that I shouldn't be as powerful as I am, or as loud as I am, or as wild as I am. And I'm like, well, you can just leave because like, oh, you know, so exactly. I mean, that's the thing. That's what's so beautiful about like, that's empowerment, right? That's standing in responsibility for your life, what you need, what you want, what's, what's going to serve you. And, Mm -hmm. And that's a process for a lot of women, because our conditioning growing up is be nice, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, take what you're given and don't, don't be too loud. Don't be too emotional. Don't be too angry. Don't be too, you know, and all of this messaging that we have to, as adults, we're not children anymore. Yeah. As adults, we have to look at, okay, does this work for me? Is this make sense for me? And you know what? People aren't going to like it. Yeah. And they might not. And the guy, you know, you happen to be with a guy that, that, was into it. Another one mm-hmm. might have left. And that's mm-hmm. we have to, you know, like that's part of that that work. And and it is a process though for women creating boundaries because of a lot of the ways that we've been conditioned as women. And it's super important because that safety is an inside job for sure. Absolutely. And so yeah, I'm really I, I'm loving this conversation, by the way. So thank you for leaning into all these areas. And so 
it sounds like within your work, it's very much about um, almost like I'm like pick. I have I'm very metaphorical the way that I like think and feel. So it's like I feel like there's almost like water pouring into self to be able to be this beautiful fountain out, you know, and having that power within self is where that eroticism is, where that sensuality is, where that full expression can come from is when you create those safe environments for it to pour into you, to share it back out or something like that's just, that's literally the vision that was going through my mind right now. And like thinking of like, you know, speaking of orgasms like that also, like that could be something like that as well. Yeah. Um, can I, can I ask you within your work, like how did you get into your line of work and, and, and also like, how did you create your safety to do that? Or did you feel you needed to create safety around you to step into that light? Like, how did that kind of come together within your career and what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So I got into this just because I had my own sexual dysfunction. I felt shut down, restricted. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like, I felt like I had a straight jacket on when it came to sex. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't like I couldn't do anything it was just like, there were these ways that I wanted to be. And I wanted to be able to, to like throw my wife up against the wall and be all, you know, passionate or, or play with new things or bring up, you know, handcuffs and blindfolds. And I just was like, I just mm -hmm. felt like I couldn't do that. And it, it, there's this, there was this way that I didn't feel like I could be free. And then sex always occurred like as an obligation. It was the, I had desire when things were new but then it quickly went away. And then I mostly didn't want to have sex at all. And so it was like this consistent and persistent problem in all of my relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of the very big reasons my wife left was that our sex, I mean, it really felt like the elephant in the room was so big mm -hmm. that there was no place else to go besides exit. Wow. And so she exited and uh, that that loss was so devastating to me um, that I was like, I'm not going to let that fucking happen again. Like, I'm going to actually really get to the root of what the fuck is going on with me because I'm unwilling to have sex be such a dysfunction in my relationships anymore. And, you know, I had done some stuff. I would have read some books and I had hired this tantric coach who was just not a match. <laughs> uh, and then I started working with a woman that I had worked with years before who had started doing sexuality work. And it was just like the work relatively quickly caused a massive shift for me. Wow. And I just kept working with her and that it just got to the point was like, I have to share this. <laughs> like, I can't, wow. I can't keep my mouth shut about it because it's like, it's, it's, it's so like my life just shifted so, you know, so much. And it just, I just really, you know, I had this one epiphany once uh, in at a retreat with hers where it was like, oh my God, this is the missing piece for female empowerment. Mm. We, we as women can never stand in our full power until we reclaim our sexuality. Not gonna happen. Wow. Like it was just like so clear. And I have a, you know, I have a really, I have a really big commitment to women standing in their power, but it's not in the like traditional feminist way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and so it, so it just became like this driving thing. It was like, okay, well, I need, I really want to do this too. I really need to learn this and I want to share this. And so, yeah, I mean, I just started, I worked, she helped me create my course 
my main course that I lead. And I just kind of jumped into it. And as far as creating safety, I mean, you know, I feel like the, the reclamation of our sexuality itself creates a solidness in who we are. There's, there's a confidence, there's an ownership, there's a, a, a strength that comes from that. At least that's my experience. Um, and so, you know, it's very vulnerable to put yourself out online. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Yep. Um, and, and to, to, you know, but, but for whatever reason, sharing about these things, you know, the most vulnerable part for me is when I'm launching a course, which is what I'm doing right now. Mm. Like, then it's just like, is anybody going to, like, you're being picked for the soccer team. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what it feels like. Totally. Um, it's easy for me to share about it online. Like that for whatever reason hasn't been a problem, but trying to like, you know, invite people into my work is, is definitely confronting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. So it's, it's, you know, you, I think you brought up some great points too about sexuality being a key point to women taking their power back. And, um, and also something that stood out was like the traditional form of feminism. And that's something that I talk about, possibly not on my podcast a lot, but sometimes I just feel like I just don't fit into that, even though I am definitely classified a feminist and I am here to stand for women and humans to empower themselves, especially women. And I will continue to do this. And yeah, it was just interesting. Um, and it, it to just hear about the sexuality part, because I feel like that doesn't fit in for like a lot of the categories of feminism from where I have been sort of invited to speak. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, but that's a part of my unique self. And I think something I've been realizing too, is that we all have this uniqueness in how we express ourselves as, as women or sexually and sexually, I should say, you know, it, it really does all come together to make this unique version of, of power and in, in who you are. Um, and so I think it's really beautiful that you're doing this work. That's amazing that you, you know, you followed your, whether you call it intuition or a nudge or whatever, or just that you just were like, I need to fucking do this, whatever, however you see it. Like, that's really beautiful that you've been able to do that. And I, you know, I found you online and I've been following your content and you have been really, um, invigorating my life with, with, um, openness, freedom, excitement, curiosity, and like, what's going to come, you know, like literally like what, who's going to come? I'm like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm, I'm appreciative of you and I thank you for that. And also for you to step into the bravery of yourself and, you know, the things that we've been talking about taking your power back and, and, and finding your safety within. Um, so like, thank you for being you and, and I'll be looking into your course and like, so we can drop that too. Um, so, so on that note, um, I would love to hear more about your course and um, share with the world. You know, I, I know that's something that you're like, oh, I feel so vulnerable. And this is, you know, I hope you feel safe here. But I would also truly love to hear what's your course coming up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have a course called Erotic Truth. It's a 12 week course for women where we, you know, it's a it's a really big process of unshaming. Mm. So I believe that the root of most sexual repression and sexual dysfunction is shame, some form of shame. Mm -hmm. And it comes from so many different places. And so it's this, it's this way of, uh, we're going to be unshaming. And that's just the general term of what we're going to be doing um, by just kind of going into different facets of our sexuality. So 
we go into, we first start by just looking, what are the messages that are kind of running our lives? What are mm. we, what were we told growing up? What were we told in our church? You know, what mm-hmm. were we, like things you just picked up, you don't even know where they came from. Like, what are these messages that we're swimming around in all the time? Let's actually bring them out and like question them. Like let I bring them out from the unconscious because we have to, right? Shine the light on these things. So it's this book of like just first really getting clear on what is, what are these messages? Because those messages act like their own blocks. So let's like, and then we play with, with different things. So the next module is getting into permission Hmm. and permission being the, one of the things that most of us growing up, were not given, right? Permission to explore our own bodies, permission to just innocently be naked. Yeah. You know, like one of the things that blows my mind now, I wouldn't have thought this, this wouldn't have even crossed my mind before, but before this work, but how we as mothers don't give a mirror to our little girls Mm -hmm. so that they can see their vulvas. Yeah. And how many women have never taken a mirror? Yes. Looked at themselves. Yeah. The most important, most sacred most miraculous part of our bodies and most women have never taken a mirror and looked at themselves it's it's mind-blowing to me now right before I would have never thought well of course they're not gonna do that that's weird now I'm like moms please give mirrors to your babies and let them explore like this is the most important part of their body talk about boundaries Mm -hmm. when you don't even know what your pussy looks like It's, it, you don't have a relation that's in my opinion with our sexuality that's the most important relationship it's a big part of the course yeah. is a relationship with your pussy yeah so so like that just kind of goes into permission right permission to permission for all of your sexuality permission for your fantasy for your desire for your body for your pleasure for your your too muchness for all of that right like full acceptance of Oh, wait, I don't have to be all these different ways. I'm told that I can't be. Wait, what if I actually gave myself, gave myself, because ultimately mm-hmm. it has to come from ourselves, mm-hmm. permission for full permission for my sexuality? Wow. What does that open up? Like a world opens up in that space of permission. Shame disappears in that space of permission. Wow. So it's just like, you know, it's like, like you said, uh, I, I realize I really want to be dominant, like awesome yeah. Right? for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a really fun module. Cause it's like, oh, like there's just freedom in a space of permission. It feels so important. I got to say oh. like connecting, I don't even say the word pussy that much, but connecting to your pussy, like really does feel like an important part in something that is, is absolutely lacking if there's a better word or, you know, that, so I, that's great. I love it. I'm so excited to hear more. <laughs> um, and then we go into pleasure and we just start exploring pleasure, permission for pleasure, for pleasure's sake, right? Mm-hmm. We live in this very masculine paradigm of you got to work really hard before you can have these things. Like, yeah. And, and you've got to have the perfect body before you can feel hot in your outfit, you know, in your lingerie, right? Like, uh, and it's like, no, let's set that all aside and like really start prioritizing like the feminine desire and need for pleasure mm-hmm. and really just really allowing ourselves that indulgence in, in life. Yes. 
So that's really fun. And especially like that one for me is a, it, that's a hard one for me, like really prioritizing pleasure. It's been, a, it's been this process for me of really um, putting pleasure first because yeah, that's yeah. definitely not my conditioning. Yeah. Um, let's see. We go into, oh, the wild, like really embodying our wild Yay! primal like what what is our sexual what would our sexuality be like if we weren't domesticated absolutely love that like the the, and and sexuality is a primal urge it's a primal desire and like can you play with the wild and the muchness and the you know this is where we also play with connecting with our our periods and just the conditioning Mm -hmm. around shame we feel around our own blood as opposed to how you know, in cultures around the world, feminine ble- blood was like sacred and was yeah. magic. And the woman in that time of her cycle was just like really revered and honored, like wow. getting downloads for the tribe. I mean, like, Ooh. like really just connecting to more of that rawness of who we are as women and, and, and sexual beings. And then the next module is um, really the, I I see as a really foundational part of the work for a lot of people, which is reconnecting sex and spirit. Because when the church came in, Uh, the the history of of sexuality is is uh, fascinating to me. Um, But really when the monotheistic religions came in, um, they really brought a lot of shame towards sex. And they separated sex and God. Yes. And that separation is like such a, um, what's the word? It's damaging. Right. I mean, <laughs> crevasse, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and so it is a process really to bring those two back together. But when you can, can reconnect your spirituality and your sexuality, like, I mean, that's like the core of the shame, I feel like in a lot of us. Um, and it's just so healing, mm. so healing. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, a lot, it's what's so funny about this work is there's so many Catholics that are attracted to it. It cracks me up. Like, it's like <laughs> a really high been feeling repressed probably for so long. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Um, you know, and of course the other religions have a lot of trauma too, but of course, of course. Um, it's yeah. just, uh, it's amazing how even when you weren't, I mean, I wasn't raised super religious, but it's still there. It's yeah. still there. I have a lot of Catholicism and uh, Christianity behind me still to this day. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I'm, I'm choosing merging the two together or have chosen that, but yes, it's, it's very real. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and then the last part is, is, is an integration. like, what does it look like now to take all of these things and go live my life out in the world? Like the containers ending, what does this look like? How am I going to, you know, it, it, you know, our sexuality impacts our parenting and impacts our partnership and impacts our relationship with our family and impacts our relationship with our job and how we show up. Like it's, it really impacts every part of our lives because our sexuality is a foundational part of our humanity. And so instead of having those two things be separate, because we kind of like, oh, we sex is in the bedroom. It's not talked about behind closed doors and you're not really allowed to be overtly sexual out in the world. Well, well, now that you are bringing in and reintegrating those two parts of your humanity, how does that actually look, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so interesting too. I, I'm like, I can't wait. Like I'm like sweating to take this course because um, this is definitely something that I, I'm going to use the term lacking, even though I'm not. Um, but it, it feels that way. Right. And so it's something that I would like to um, move into. So I'm excited to take that. And it's it, very interesting this morning. I was literally writing in like, I haven't journaled in so long, also out of like shame and fear for some weird reason. Anyways, I'm tapping into that for myself. Um, but I was journaling this morning and I literally wrote in there wild woman and, and I see the, the wild woman in me included sexuality. And like, for me, being a sexual woman who lived in that sexual space in life, it didn't look sexual all the time. I didn't have to be like wearing lingerie or dancing sexy. It wasn't about that. It was literally, I was living in my power and that's what got exploited. So I like went the total opposite for about longer than five years, slowly diminishing for 10 total. And I, and I'm looking at myself going like, I, I I literally was like, I'm a wild, where's my wild woman? You know, like, where are you girl? Like you're fucking wild. And like, and you're beautiful and you're soft and you're, you're elegant and you're centered and you're like you're animalistic. And so that's so interesting. Like I literally this morning wrote in that, I was like wild woman. And And it was because of that connection to sensuality, that connection to spirituality. And, and I had connection spiritually from sex and from dance and from all these things and connections with people. And it was just beautiful. And then oosh, like gone. And so I think also in this moment, I'm just like, I, if, if any woman has gone through something that's listening, that has taken away or, or, and I, I know this kind of releases responsibility. I'm aware of the way I'm saying this. And yet I just want to hold people in this space. If you feel that way, like it's so possible again, to feel, to feel mm, whole again, to feel sense of wholeness, to feel sense of power, to embrace that, to feel safe within sexuality and find the people, like you were saying, you know, find those people, find those communities that allow you to feel safe, choose your people, choose your community, choose your partners, choose your scenarios and have those fucking strong ass boundaries or small or however, have whatever you need for yourself in this moment and step into that safety of self. Because my message in everything I do is you matter. Everyone matters so much how you are, who you are, your, your essence of, of, oops, of all of you is, is like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe how important everyone is and how important this wildness is and how important every part of you is. And so there's an invitation from this, this conversation with amazing erotic Elizabeth is like that power in you, that sexuality, that sensuality in you is so important and so necessary and so beautiful and all the things. And so I'm just hoping people listening are are feeling safe and and curious and possibly explorative to step into the space and and sign up with Elizabeth in her course. And speaking of that, is there a way, a best way to connect with you for anyone that's listening? Yeah, Instagram at erotic underscore Elizabeth. That's yeah, the best way to find me. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'll place it into the podcast episode as well. But Elizabeth, I, I just want to say thank you so much for um, entering into this space. And I also just want to thank you for holding space for me through your work. Um, like, you know, there's things that sometimes you don't even know the impact you're having on people. And so I just want to be a, a person amongst, I hope many that just say thank you. Thank um, you. Yes. And, and yes, if anyone wants to look up for Elizabeth, it's erotic underscore Elizabeth again, and sign up for all the lovely things. And I'm excited to share the space with whoever signs up as well. 
and um, we'll talk soon. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Please visit my website, www.rebeccareinhardt.com. You can find all the information of what I am working on. You can sign up for emails so you can get some cheeky emails from me and updates. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. I can't wait to connect with you. Find me on Instagram, find me on TikTok, find me on YouTube, find me everywhere, you know? Let's make it a game. Just kidding. RebeccaReinhardt.com. Okay, bye.